0: I am not interested today in in any way. I I have no desire to impress you. I want to be extremely careful about style of of, of presentation. My heart is to communicate something of eternal consequence. To every man, every boy, every girl, here assembled, listening, watching. Let me say it this way. I want my words to count. And, and, and here's why. Multiplied millions. Not out there, but as it were in here. In the church, in the body, among believers, stand weighing in the balance. And I feel the heavy weight of that. I want for you to take your Bible in whatever form you have it, and I want you to turn to the book of Romans. Romans. And we're going to go to chapter 5 and verse 1. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. When you got it, wave around a little bit. Here's what your Bible says. Therefore, since we have been, shall have been, since we have been justified, justified, that's, that's a big long word. It simply means just as if I'd never sinned. Are you with me? just as if i had never sinned. So since we have past tense been just as if we had never sinned, justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's the outcome. What's the outcome? Say it again, what's the outcome? The outcome by being justified by faith is to have peace with God. What is the opposite of peace? War. Now, we're going to head a direction that 90% of people sitting in church pews, even in charismatic and Pentecostal churches, have never been. Watch me. The outcome is peace with God. I am a firm believer that a very small percentage of people who attend church services, religious gatherings, whatever you may want to call them in your current vernacular, truly have peace with God. Because they have never been truly justified through faith, therefore giving them peace with God. Now, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna spill the whole thing right now, but I do want you to understand that peace, the only direct opposite of peace is war. So I want you to go deeper with me today. I don't want to have to shuck and jive. I don't want to have to exhort. I want to teach you something that regardless of where or who you think you are today, will reveal that's not the real you. And 95% of the struggle in your life Is because no one ever told you what I'm about to tell you today I want to talk about this I believe Jesus paid it all get your iPad get your iPhone get your notepad whatever you need I want to ask you the question two questions number one question number one who were you not who are you today? Not mm, let me let me let me even you know narrow down the search here for Siri. Who do you think you are? Who do because who you think you are is entirely based on who you think you were. Because if you don't truly understand who you were, you can never know who you are. I'll get there. Here's a question I suppose I'm asking you. When you were born, who were you? I didn't ask you where you were born. I was born in St. Luke's Hospital, Cuyahoga County, Cleveland, Ohio. Unfortunately, I'm a Buckeye, but I don't claim it. I bleed blue. I'm from Kentucky, cause we were just up in Ohio for a, about a six month job. And unfortunately that's where my mother decided to give birth to me. Amen. So I say I'm from Kentucky all the time and news reporters who are always seeking the truth. He wasn't born in Kentucky. You with me? Who were you? who you were determines absolutely who you are. And my notion is that you think you're someone you are not, and therefore your life, even your attempt to live for Christ is perilous. Perilous. In Psalm 51 verse 1 when David was confronted by the prophet Nathan, David was confronted about his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, he answered the question for all of us according to God when he said these words, I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Now watch, because David is acknowledging more than we're giving him credit for. He is acknowledging that he is not only a sinner by practice. He is acknowledging he is a sinner by nature. Stay with me. Every human person is born with a sin, not just a sinner, but before when a child comes to the age of accountability, he is a sinner whether he has ever committed or practiced a sin. He is not only a sinner, he is an enemy of God. Wait a minute. Hold on. You, my dear puppy, were born with a sinful nature, right? An unwavering tendency, an inward insatiable drive to sin, it's who and what you were. Listen up, all you that cut your teeth on the back of a church pew like I did. But we had preachers then that preached the truth. When I tugged on my mama's dress tail with 18 people in a room and me the only one answering the altar call, I asked my mom. I said, can I go to the altar? Because we weren't allowed just to run hither and thither wherever we wanted. We walked in somebody's home before we got out the car My mother and father said, when I point, you sit. And you sit there until I tell you to move. And when and if I tell you, you may respond if someone asks you a question. Other than that, sit and be quiet. Look at some of you think I'm a child. I was abused as a child right now because I was made to mind. I was made to understand authority. I could take a direction without back talk or excuse making or hiding somewhere. Here it is. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 5.12, therefore, as sin came into the world, how? through one man through one man sin came into the world Adam and death by sin do you know how I know all die I didn't have to observe it the book tells me sin sins Adulthood is death, always death, never short of death. You sin, something dies. You head out on the prodigal trail, you lose something on that path that you will never regain. Wasted time wasted years wasted opportunities have to battle with your self-esteem not because of someone else but because of you if you were raised in the church and somewhere along the line you think you just evolved into a true christian you have been deceived this is your problem It's the one thing we all have in common and nobody wants to talk about. Look how quiet you are. If you have a consistent problem with sin, you need what I'm talking about. Sin is supposed to be extremely rare to the believer. Extremely rare. You keep falling in the same ditch every day. Please listen to me today. Listen to my words. Brand forever upon the forehead of sin and temptation. By the way, do you rebuke it every day before you leave the house? No, and that's how you say, I fell into sin. It's impossible to fall into sin. You were born in it. It's who you are. Your nature, your drive, your intuition is to sin. That's why you do it. It's not a mistake, it's nature. So death has spread to all men. The Amplified version says, no one being able to stop it, shout, I can't quit it. I can't stop it. Say it. No one, the Amplified says, is able to escape its power. Sin is a mighty driving force of human nature. I'm sorry, thanks. As an apple does what? What does an apple tree do? Oh, it grows apples. How astonishing. What if the apple tree wishes with all its apple heart to bear peaches? The apple tree is never going to bear peaches and a sinful nature will always sin. Regardless of how many church services you go to, Regardless of how many dances you get on, regardless of how many you do, you better listen to me, and you better not think I'm talking to somebody else. I'm talking to you. Romans three twenty three, for all have sinned. Throw a hand up and shout guilty. Throw it up, say guilty. for all have sinned. Here's how I know everybody dies, because everybody sins. Sinned and come short of the manifested tangibility of God, the glory of God. All humans are sinful in three ways. Get this down. By nature, what does that mean? You're born a sinner. You have a core nature which is to sin, to rebel, to reject authority, to want your own way. You ever see a a young child throw a tantrum in the grocery store saying, I want your way, mom. And if you always want your way, you've never had this problem dealt with in your life secondly human persons sin by choice you never fall into sin you plan it thirdly by practice. Now there's the one religion centers in on. Come to the altar because you're a sinner. Why am I a sinner? Tell me why you're a sinner. And it will be, well, I lied. It's like Roman Catholicism and you're in the confessional booth. Salvation is not primarily confession. Salvation is revelation, realization, repentance. You're staring at me. By practice. We do sin by practice. The problem with the modern church is they think that's the only way you sin. So when you are prayed with or when you think you're finding salvation, all you think about are the sins you've committed. What about the ones you omitted? And those are still sins of practice, not sins of nature. Now, if you go up my driveway, the, we have trees lining the driveway. Unfortunately, they are now ash trees and they are susceptible to emerald ash borers, they all will die, all of them. They will all die. They are dying right now. So are you. Quiet in this shouting church. At the base of those trees, now over 20 years old, the base is bigger and of a different bark type than the trunk of those trees. Because in order to get them to grow quicker, they were, how do I tell you, merged. They were grafted. So a different root was used, but a new species, the ash tree, was introduced onto that root. And it's no longer a tree of its root, it's a tree having been grafted in some of you never read your bible that's who we are we have your bible says been grafted in why because if our root had remained as it was we would always bear that fruit that's why jesus came to cut The root. Since we are born in this condition, we must therefore receive a new nature in order to enter into the kingdom of God. You can't wish your way in. You can't attend your way in. You can't, I'm sorry, your way in. You can't confess your way in. There's only one way in, John 3, 7. You must be born again. Jesus said that. Its application is never exhausted, nor is its consideration ever out of place. This is the gospel, 2 Peter 1, 4. The new birth is becoming, said the apostle Peter, partakers of God's divine nature. In other words, you've got to have a nature change you got to have a core change. And the only way that I know to be born again, if you're already alive, is to die. Dying is not pretty. Dying is not easy. Dying is not done casually. Most Christian folks, all they know is a little bit of self-help humanism perpetrated by some backslidden pulpit and priesthood somewhere. But I believe that in this very hour, there are those rising to the surface, those who will declare the truth as Isaiah and Jeremiah, as Zephaniah and Zechariah, as Peter and Paul declared the truth. We're gonna take up once again and grab hold of absolute truth. The remnant, the revenant, resurrected, revivalist, have come, and our foundation is absolute truth. While we live among a religious people where there are no absolutes. Can you do this? Well, if you want to. Depends on your conviction. There's no absolute. Do I need to attend religious services? There are no absolutes although the book says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together right okay there's no right or wrong in our culture it's all your truth my truth their truth everybody a truth here a truth there a truth everywhere a truth truth because we define everything by situational ethics and what that means is our values, our very morality are based on the response, the reflective response we receive from the culture around us or from our own self-interest. Therefore, we have become gods unto ourselves. Second question, why did God send his only begotten son to suffer, bleed, sigh, and die? On the angry mean biting beam called calvary why what's the baseline when i think of god his son not sparing send him to die i scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then Sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Not that he can forgive your sin, but that he can take the sin nature out of your being.